Hi everyone, this is Rico and Tony. We're the Altieri Brothers, and welcome to the Art of Hair podcast. For the last four decades, we have been hair industry leaders as salon owners, celebrity hairstylists, platform artists, educators, and mentors in the awesome world of professional beauty. Our mission is to inspire and motivate you to become the best, the best hairdresser, the best artist, and the best person that you can be. It's time, time to reach for the stars, let ourselves dream and then turn those dreams into reality this is your time right now so let's let's do this how's everybody doing out there my name is tony altieri i'm sitting right next to my brother ricardo altieri and we have got an ass kicker for you today i want you to put your seatbelts on around your chest around your belly And I just want you to just take in all this information we're going to get from this gentleman. I mean, our podcast has gone through the roof. I'd like to thank all of our listeners out there. Our manager in Chicago says he's never seen a faster upbringing podcast ever. And it's just all because of our listeners and, of course, our celebrity stylists that we've got on our podcast. And I just like to thank everybody. Ricardo, why don't you go ahead? Okay. I just want to tell you guys that the gentleman that we have with us today is as amazing as it gets. He is so strong. So, so talented, so powerful, so popular. He looks incredible, too. I'm looking right at him. He's just awesome looking. He brings a lot to the table. Let's just put it that way. This guy here is a truly a lover of knowledge and a sharer of knowledge. He loves to educate and share everything that he learns, and he, he's constantly learning himself. All stylists in the world just really need to know about him, and they do. Let me tell you, he's very popular. He's truly international, not just from where he's worked, but also from his own family origins. He's got a really awesome story to tell. He's fierce yet soft. He's humble. We call him the humble hair warrior. He's a leader, (laughs) an influencer, one of the best in the world. He has almost a million to two million followers on his social media, guys. That's, That's ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Philip Wolf. Hi, Philip. Wow. Well, first of all, what an introduction. I uh, I don't know if I deserve all that, but that was uh, great. Thank you so much for those kind words. That's amazing. You deserve it, man. You deserve yeah, you it. You certainly brother. do. You know, I know everybody takes a look at all of your Instagram and all your social media stuff, but there's a couple of things that I know that hairdressers worldwide would like to hear a little bit about before you started doing hair, your upbringing, where you were born, how that happened, how you got interested in hair. Bring us to that part. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, how far back do I go? Well, you know, I was, I was born not in the United States, though. So I uh, started in Europe, you know, uh, I was born in Germany. That's kind of where I was at. Military family. I also, you know, I'm, I, I guess you would call it biracial, right? My father's a mix of a bunch of things, but more on the Caucasian side. And my mother's is a mix of things as well, but on the Asian side. So I came out a bit of a mutt, which was common at that time in the 70s back then in that military lifestyle. But, you know, I hopped around Europe for most of my early childhood, and then I ended up in the East Coast of the United States and, you know, just trying to find my way. I mean, to kind of give some listeners an idea of uh, what it was like growing up in Europe, the idea of maybe, oh, I have one home that I was born and raised. And, you know, I I don't know what that's like. I I only know being the vagabond, always every couple of years moving to not a new city, but a new country, a new culture, a new language, a new way of life, a new different thing. So I was sort of forced early on to adapt very quickly to my Mm -hmm. environment, right? 
which people say, wow, that must have been so difficult. Well, I don't know about that because that's all I knew. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of like I, I had no choice. And one lucky thing, though, was a lot of people spoke English where I was at because it was on usually base housing, which Mm -hmm. had a lot of Americans there. But then obviously part of the curriculum in school would be you'd have to learn a little bit of whatever country I was in, their home language. So people ask me today, oh, you must speak like 20 languages. You know what? I wish, you know, the problem is, is when you're that young and you learn it, okay, fine. But then you move to a new country with a new thing. So you don't never use the other one again. And now you're starting to learn a little bit of this language. And then just as you're getting the hang of that one, oh, off to the next one again. And it's kind of like that. And then I ended up in, of course, America, which we all speak English mostly. So where did you first land in, in America? It was Maryland. So the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, that was sort of the uh, where I started this whole American life. You know, Tony lived in, in right around that area for about 10 years. I lived in Ashburn, Virginia. Oh, yeah. With a dynamic hairdresser from the area there. We met on the road and you really hung out. She really was. She really helped me out on the road tremendously. There's some very talented hairdressers out there. Oh, I'll yeah. Tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're really into education. Definitely. Philip, I want to ask you, when I look at your work, first of all, I just want to tell you, I really admire it. It's unbelievably strong. It's incredible. Everything you do is so perfectly done and so creative. And yet, I know that you also are an educator and you love to share your knowledge and you'll go down. I've seen some things of you where you'll do the simplest things and try to relate those as well to hairdressers. I think you just love imparting your knowledge, but what influenced you? Because I can see a lot of different influences in your work. Yeah, I actually do have quite a few influences. And, you know, I would say my style, as it were, it's not one. I would say I'm the result of what I would call a hairdresser who grew up at the very, very tail end of the old school era and, and slightly into this new era. So it's kind of like It was a weird period. It was in the late 90s where it was like it was a big transition there happening. Mm -hmm. And then in this day and age, it's funny because being in it for uh, this is my 24th year, I think, something like that. It seems like, oh, now for the new guys, I'm the OG, you know, which in my opinion, no way. But I mean, like I say, there's this new generations popping up and everything, which we can get in that later because I have some cool things to say about that. But yeah, it was just the time that, you know, I, I didn't do beauty school like most people. I did apprenticeship because that was Mm -hmm. offered back then. I mean, it was allowed and I would just get my papers signed for state board. And then I did what was called an equivalency test. So that was uh, the way I was able to finally pass that. And then of course, get my state board test. But the funny thing was I worked for this company that was Maryland, DC, Virginia. So I had to get licenses in all three. Oh, wow. Uh, But anyway, so I got that. And I would say my first influence was my first boss ever who took me off the street and said, look, no beauty school, no no knowledge, no nothing. That's fine. Let's go. I'm going to teach you from the ground up. So I would say him for sure. And it's funny enough, after so many years, I did uh, reconnect with him on the phone recently. His name's Michael Sesco. He's still in Maryland and kicking butt over there now. It was a Tony and Guy concept salon at the time. So he had his roots very much in the Tony and Guy classics way and all of that back then. You remember the DVDs. It was about getting those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 How we got education back then. There was no <laughs> social media. So that was the thing. And then I left him after about a year or so. Just amazing training from him. And I went to a, another company called PR at Partners. 
and they're still there, Maryland, D.C., Virginia. They have many locations, and education is, is a must. It's one of those things. If you're going to come in, there's no question. It's mandatory, and it's every week, and this is how we do it. And if you want to get involved in education, fine. So from there, that's when I really started to learn more. And I would say they had influences from Sassoon and Tony and Guy and Sebastian, and it had everything. It was a, a mix of everything. And I started going to shows from day one, actually. Yes, Anthony Muscolo, I would say, is one of my definite... You had a boy crush on him. Everybody had a boy crush on Muscolo. He was just the man, you know, because not even just in hair, but he just had this air about him and knowledge. And and then he was real big on, okay, I've done all this now. Now I want to get behind the camera. I want to start concentrating on imagery because he knew way back then that it was content that was going to drive your company. And if imagery didn't sell Tony and Guy and TG, I don't know what did. That's how they started that crazy cult following. And But that was just amazing. And to this day, you know, he does all that stuff. And um, it's just great to see. And actually, it's encouraging to me to know that after all the years, the success, the this and that, the ups and downs, he's still doing what he loves and he could care less what people think. You know, I mean, I love that. He's just doing his thing. So he was definitely one. From there, you know, I just met some people along the way that helped me out, influenced me. And then I moved out to the West Coast and then it became sort of the French way of doing things. And as you two probably know very well, it was like back then it was like, okay, so the English, the Brits, they had this thing about haircutting. They broke it down to a science like no other. And that was great, right? So there's that. But see, then there's the French, okay? Because they can take a rat tail comb and a brush and whip up something in five minutes like you've never seen in your life. They usually don't even take classes. They don't even know what that... I remember I, I worked for a company, Privé, which was a huge one of these celebrity salons here in Beverly Hills. It doesn't exist anymore, but it it was big in its time. But this guy, he said, you know, Laurent, he was like, look, I've never taken a class in my life, but that's not how we do. He just, you either have it or you pick up things on the way or you don't have it. It's just kind of that simple. But he would just whip up things like it was just crazy. So learning their ways of blow drying and styling was a a challenge for me in the beginning. But then as I learned, because I was surrounded by nothing but these amazing French stylist. And some of them didn't even speak a lick of English. It was incredible. But I learned so much from there. So then I thought, okay, I can mix the cutting aspect that I learned from here. And then the styling of here. And imagine if you mix that together, what you could do. Because now what if I start adding undercuts, but then styling it this way, and then maybe adding a few barber techniques and then adding a blow dry thing here, or just little tweaks and stuff. So I just start experimenting. and And I suppose that's kind of my my overall style is. Everything you just said is exactly the, the description of your work. Barbering, is that a big influence? That was a big influence that you got later on in your career, correct? Yeah, well, you know, it was funny. So part of PR Partners was they were growing and growing. And so as I don't know if you know, there's the Metro line in DC, right? It goes to DC, Maryland, Virginia. And mm-hmm. so all the big stops, he wanted to have a location. And one of them was in an area called Tenley Town. So sometimes the guy would take over an, an existing salon, but this one happened to be a barbershop. And people there had been there for years. They're like, look, we'll sell you the shop, but we're not going anywhere. So <laughs> if you want, I mean, we're willing to learn whatever, color, women's hair, that's all. But I have a clientele who knows me from here and I want to stay here. So We'll teach you whatever, as long as we can stay. And that was a deal. Like, okay, you teach our staff how to barber. 
And this guy was amazing. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he'd be, I remember he would be doing, because this was years later, you know, he learned how to highlight and all that. He was a true hustler, this guy. He was so amazing. But he would be fading with one hand and he'd be talking, ordering lunch over. <laughs> he wasn't even looking at what he was doing. But now you look at the hammer, it was perfect. And I was like, oh my God. So I learned a few basics from him. But then of course I moved on. And then later in life, when I started doing more social media is when I met these incredible barbers, like, you know, the A-Rods, the Taylor Cuts, the bestest barbers, the Los Cuts, the all of these barbers. And uh, I was able to just hang out with them and we would just teach each other stuff. We would just hang out till like one, two in the morning. We, we didn't care. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. What better do we have to do but go home? I mean, so we would just invest our time and and it just sort of elevated everyone at that time. It was kind of crazy because we did collaborations a lot on video. And that's, I think, really what started a big thing. And now there's this, uh, this hybrid group of stylists who are just incredible with those clippers and yeah. they're doing crazy scissor techniques at the same time and right. blow drying with round brushes and teasing hair and using like product galore it's a whole new thing now it's a whole new generation and i sort of wished back in the day that i would see something like this and to be alive to see it now is amazing well you're at the forefront of it dude you're bringing it to life all the listeners that are hearing us if you've never seen his work you must see it. We'll have it in our show notes. We'll have every way that you can get involved with him. And then of course, he's going to keep on talking. You know, I've been doing my homework on you for the past couple of days here. I've seen you live in a few cities around this nation, but I really dig your dry haircutting because I'm a dry haircutting specialist. I mean, I think I'm freaking fantastic. I'm mean, just tooting my own horn, but I don't care. I've been watching a lot of your stuff and you just have got that feel for it. It's something about dry haircutting. You got it or you don't got it. And you definitely have it. Tell me about your dry haircutting. Well, what's in your heart? What's in your soul? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I never really thought about it too much like, oh, this, I'm going to do a dry cut here and I'm going to call it the dry cut. I just, mm -hmm. I did it. Yeah. It was only until social media where people are pointing out, hey, you did this bob and this video wet, but then you did the bob and this one dry. What's going on? And I thought to myself, what is going on? I don't know. Wait a minute. Let me think about this because, you know, my mind just goes and I go. I don't even really think about it. Too yeah. much. So I thought, well, if I'm going to be educating again, I better, I better know. So that's a great question. Now, for me, a lot of the time it was about timing because sometimes I would think, you know, when creating content during the first couple years of my doing online stuff, we didn't do it like today, where today we can set days where we're going to film content. That's just how it is. Before it was just, we grabbed it whenever we could. We got clients waiting. We're just trying to film real quick. We're trying to do it. And it was just sort of a mishmash. So it was like, oh my God, this color's done already. But then I got this client over here. I said, okay, how am I going to do this? So I would just do it dry, you know? Of course, I would never cut anything dry that I didn't feel I could control. So I think that's the key. If I'm yeah. working ahead of hair that I feel I can control while dry, I'm doing it. That's it. Also, let's face it. You cannot detail the way you can on wet hair, the way you can on dry. That's just simple, logical right there. That's where if you can manipulate certain things and get a good shape, great. But then also I can add the detail along the way and boom, that's it. I think the preparation in dry hair cutting is the key too as well, because the hair has got to be in the shape that you want it to go into after you're done cutting. It's not like you just got to be ahead of dry hair. You've got to really put the styling into it 
and then go in and tackle it. Absolutely. So it melts in your hands and it's just making, it's just falling right there. It's happening in front of your eyes and it's instant gratification to me when I'm cutting dry hair because you can just pound something out and go in there and do whatever you need to do. And it's like, bam, there it is. You know, you don't got to even pick the blow dryer up. It's it's in your hands. It's like putty. Oh yeah. Let me just say this one thing. This is just truly what I believe. And I, and I try to bring this up a lot, especially when I'm live or in front of an audience. I know there's a big crew of hair stylists out there and everybody has their belief. Okay. And, and I'm not here to change anyone's mind here, but I'm just here to explain my belief, which is I truly don't believe there is a right or wrong way. Okay. Because at the end of the day, if I do something and I'm happy with the results and so is my client, then who is to say that was wrong? I may not do it the way someone else does it, but Hey, if they paid me money and they come back and they love it and they're getting compliments and I'm happy with it too. I mean, that's a win-win. I don't care how I did it. I don't care if Susie down the street decided to do it a hundred percent, the opposite way that I did. Mm -hmm. If that works for her and her people too, then that's great. So I truly believe that. Now, obviously, are there more efficient ways to do things? Are there more? Yeah, of course. And then we can always get technical and all that. But I think that's part of who you are and who you attract as a clientele and ultimately what you share out there. I'm not sure that, oh, you can only do it like this. I'm sorry. That's just the way. And then that might be fine for certain things. But I think once you get to a certain level, I mean, look, you do what you do and who cares what anyone, as long as the person you're working on, it's great. That's it. That's to me, a successful haircut. Exactly. Don't you think hair is an art? It's an hundred percent an art form. Yes, exactly. And all art is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? So all of us artists, we create the art that we like and with our, we work with our clients and that's what we're doing. That's why hair is an art form and you are so creative. My goodness. I'll break down a, a cut that I saw just the other day that you did. I've never even thought of this and I was sort of jealous when I saw it. I was like, oh my God, how did he ever think of this? So it was like you had these, it was on a short hair, head of hair. I believe it was a a man. It could also be done on a woman, but you had clippered maybe four or five different zones in the hair that were all perimetered off in these awesome geometric designs, all at different lengths. So One of the the designs was done like a bald fade. The other one was done with like a a little bit longer. Another one was done even longer. So you had all these lengths, nothing connected, yet it was incredible art form. And that just goes back, I think, to you combining, like you're saying, combining all the stuff that you've learned. I mean, especially the young hairdressers, I want them to realize that Philip Wolf just didn't come out of nowhere. He basically grinded his whole life to get where he's at. So you are in front of the camera a lot with this incredible following that you have, but you're also watching a lot, aren't you? You're constantly taking stuff in because you want to fuel your inspiration as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're constantly willing to watch and learn and gain any edge you can get. Is that true? Yeah, this is true. Now, and it's funny because I watch a lot of things, but funny enough, it's not always hair though. I don't know yeah. inspiration from hair. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I, I, you know, I also check the tagged photos here and there. And there's these kids from all over the world just doing crazy things. I'm just like, Woo, yeah, that's crazy. So that obviously inspires me because I, we know that at the street level, the young, the hungry, the super creative, this is what fuels the world, you know, and it fuels people like yeah. me. But also yeah. I get inspiration from all different things, you know, musicians, cars, jewelry, any type of design out there, even yes. parts of nature, uh, those yes. things. I keep my eye on a bunch of different avenues which funny enough, probably don't 
even connect together. But in some way, I make it that way. And, yeah, it's subliminal. Um, yeah. It comes then, into your mind some other way and you don't even realize, but it comes out in your art. I know Danny was telling me that you're definitely an artist and you do a lot of things with your hands and crafty stuff. I'm an artist as well. I like to paint and sculpt. Hey guys, this is Ricardo. I just wanted to get in here for a second and tell you about a product line that Tony and I have developed just for you. It's a line for professional hair artists that are looking for every advantage to take their work to the next level. The line is called The Art of Hair, and it is a line of professional hair care products to use in the salon behind the chair that will help you create the best results you have ever seen. The way these products perform is truly incredible. It's all due to a very few things. First is our refusal to put our name on anything that is not the best in the industry. And next, we use the highest quality ingredients that's containing a botanical blend of antioxidants that will strengthen and hydrate while creating the healthiest hair on earth. The Art of Hair products are the most innovative, cutting edge performance driven products to hit the market ever. Let's take your salon game to the next level. Go to altierrytheartofhair.com. Your clients will love you. Let's talk about Matrix. Tell me about what is your relationship with the company? What do you do for them exactly? Just to get in here real quick, Ricardo and myself, we worked for that company for over 15 years. And it was definitely our biggest break. It was definitely a ride of a lifetime because, I mean, we probably did presentations over 40 countries, over five or 6,000 live presentations when those hair shows were the heyday. And you know right. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Heyday. I mean, hair show parties, hair show extravaganzas. When we all really came together and we all meshed together and we had we had a hell of a weekend, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and, and also, by the way, I don't care if Danny's listening to this, but my assistant and then longtime employee and manager of my salon for over 14 years, Ali Saro, has a bad girl crush on you. You know about those girl crushes. Right, right, she, right. She, she wanted me to say hi. You know, we, oh, that's she wanted great. me to say hi to you. So say hi to Allie. Well, hi, Allie. There you go. She'll love that Pretty one. Flattered, I must but, say. But hair show where we get together. Now we, we can do it at any time we want online. Still not the same. I can't wait for everything to sort of get back to normal so we can get back to these expos and we can all once again get back together again. And you can be up on stage educating. I can be in the audience watching and learning. And I'm just saying a company like Matrix, I know that my brother and myself, they really did a lot for us because it was such a great company from the beginning all the way to now. You know, Tony, I want to actually just interject and then get Phil's take on this. He was saying that he's sort of a combination of old school and new school, mm -hmm. and he is, mm -hmm. because he's done both. He's sure. been on stage. He's done that that time era, and then yeah. he took the new age to the hill and just killed it. And oh, so- fucking it up. Yeah. And so basically, we're more from the older school, and we didn't get that, you know, we're a little bit older than you. Not Yeah, we're older than you. Yeah, so wait. we didn't get both like you got. It's interesting, and I think it would be interesting to everybody. The differences between how we work for them and you work for them. So why don't you break that down? Yeah. And just real quick, too, because listen, I don't know that a lot of people actually know your all story as well, because that was a, a different era, number one. And of course, Matrix as a brand was a different era back then, too. It was a different type of company, which that could be a whole podcast in of itself. And believe me, we all you know heard the stories and seen the, the stuff from back in the day. So and what an era that was. Now, in today's world, for me, 
it's actually even shifted in the few years that I've been with Matrix. So real quickly, I've been with Matrix now. Well, this is, I believe, my fourth year officially, right? And this year, meaning 2021, it did a huge rebranding, both corporate artists, packaging, logo, going back to the roots, the Arnie Miller days, you know, the the nods to the past, you know, so a few things that are that hark back, if you will, even the uh, the rally town. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, what do I do for them? I am a global ambassador. So there are ambassadors. And I would say that essentially means people who represent the brand. And they're also public, meaning they have some form of a following on social media. And there's that. Now, there's two main parts to Matrix. There is Matrix US. And then there's what's called DMI. And DMI is just an acronym for international, global, right? Global matrix. So I'm actually part of both. And I started doing that right from the beginning, mainly because I realized when I started breaking down the insights, my social media followings was growing, not just in the US, but all over the world because social media is global. Now, I didn't do that on purpose. It just happened. Then I started looking at the insights and I'm realizing, wow, Brazil and you know, Spain and Italy and the UK and all these places. I was like, wow, in Australia. So I said, well, I'm going to go everywhere that I have a following. And that was my goal. So for like three years straight, I basically lived in the air. You know, I just kept flying everywhere. Boom, boom. And, you know, obviously then everything came to a, a huge halt. But what do I do? Right. I, I basically do campaigns with them. I do shoots for them. I make content for them. And of course, that shows we do education shows and events and all of that. So it could be anything from being on a panel, just speaking. It could be meet and greet at the shows. It could be doing specific classes. It could be doing just the, you know, these more than many actually, which is maybe you're up on stage. It's not a show where necessarily they're going to ooh learn so much, but it's more of an inspirational, like a Let's just show them some cool stuff and talk about the brand, that type of thing. So there's so many different avenues that I've been able to do with them. And and that's basically it, you know, and also representing them as a stylist who works for the brand, who is letting people know what these products are, what Matrix is. You know, I think for a while it was kind of like, well, what is Matrix now? As we all know, look, there's the L'Oreal umbrella and then they've got a ton of these brands like who's who in this mess, you know, like what's going on? So now it's all about inclusivity. And for all of you who might be, you know, maybe 35 and up or whatever, you know, 30 and up, you know, if you remember Benetton as a brand, Matrix is is basically the Benetton. Anyone and everyone, there's going to be something for you at Matrix, both yeah. education and product wise. So I think that's that's basically what I do. So basically what you're saying is, well, Matrix, as we know, is the number one hair company in the world. We know that as far as volume and money behind them and production and sales, they're number one. So I just thought of it. Tony and I, we helped them become number one and now you're helping them stay number one. So that's really awesome. And it's all happening in a different way in a different time era. But wow, you are so great. I definitely want to ask you, about your social media. How did you do it? Okay, Are so, you amazed when you see it? You know, sometimes I forget, you know, honestly, I'm just kind of like, this is kind of crazy. And real quick before I get into that, because I don't want to forget, and you talk about that, what you all did for the Matrix and what we're doing now for Matrix, I'll never forget, I come off stage from a show on Matrix. There's a crowd there. I walk down, there's people everywhere, you know, because everyone wants to take pics after and all this. Boom, I get this, this hand on my arm and I look up and it's you. You know what? You said, hey, listen, I know you don't have a lot of time. Believe me, I understand this more than you know. You don't know me, but I know you. I was you 
25 years ago or, or something like that, you know? Yeah. He said, my name's Ricardo. Listen, we have to, you know, I worked for Matrix. I was doing exactly what you're doing now. I love seeing you do this. We got to connect sometime. Remember me. And that was, it was like a quick, you know, and you're like, no, go do your thing. But just, I want you to remember, yeah. we're going to connect again sometime. And here we are. Here, so, we, are. here we are. Matrix is, uh, as, <laughs> I'm telling you, thinking about it. They've been one lucky company. And not because it's luck, because it's been like that, what you were talking about, the hurrah, and it's been for all the hairdressers, diverse, you know, everybody can get a piece of Matrix. But I loved working for the company. I know you love working for the company too. They treat you well. I know that. And they're just fortunate to have you on their team. And I hope you're there for a long time. Big time. Big Thank time. You. Thank you. Tell me about your salon game. What's happening with your salon? Well, before that, I, I know you asked about my social media. Like how did oh, I- Oh, yes, yes. It? I'm going to write it all down. I was always sort of not into it. I'll be honest with you. I, and I had a MySpace, you know, everyone had that. I didn't know yeah. what I was, and I didn't really use it that much. And then Facebook comes along and it was so different from MySpace. And I thought, well, everyone's doing it, but what do we even do? I don't even understand that. What is this for? And all these charts. I was like, what are these charts? What is this? So, you know, obviously I had one, but I didn't even do anything with it. And then all of a sudden this Instagram comes and Twitter comes out and all this. And, you know, I had been doing a lot of celebrity work at that time. And all my clients would ask, Phil, what's, do you have Twitter? Like, have you seen this Twitter thing? And I go, oh, I've seen it. But yeah, I don't, I mean, what am I going to talk about? You know, I, I don't know. So I just never started it. And I mean, no, that's not true. I have one, but I just, I didn't. Yeah. So, but I did notice that if a celebrity would tweet something or, you know, share something and tag me, then all of a sudden I get a few followers like instantly. But even then I didn't think, what would I even do with this? So for about a couple of years, I watched others just blow up on this. Okay. And I thought, this is crazy because this was a time where hair shows, I'm sorry, they were dead. Yeah, I mean, they're dead. You're right. people weren't going like they used to. And honestly, it was almost embarrassing. I remember a, a great friend of mine to this day. Anyway, his name's Chief Bear. But anyways, him and I would go to these shows. We haven't been to a show in so long. Let's check this out and just see what is going on nowadays. And so we can sort of adapt our education and see what's going on. So we went and some of these people were just doing the most desperate things on stage to get people oh. to go up. And that's how hard it was, you know? And I thought, oh God, I was embarrassed and I wasn't even up there. I was in the crowd yeah. and I was, I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is what we've come to. This is horrible. Like what if someone yeah. brand new comes in and watches this? This is great. Anyway, so I felt bad, you know? And then all of a sudden, the next couple of years, people were blowing up on social media. Now, air shows are starting to get busy again because people want to see those people. Like mm -hmm. if that person says, if this colorist or this haircutter or this updo artist or whatever, they can, if they had a following, they said, hey, I'm coming to the premiere show, Orlando, or I'm coming to Long Beach show or whatever show it was, ABS, whatever. There'd be thousands of people going because they just knew they would be there. Then I started thinking, wow, that's incredible. And I would watch the shows and everyone's going wild. So I thought, you know what? I talked to my buddy chief. I said, maybe we should try to get in on these shows and do our little classes and see if it works. And I remember in the very beginning, we reached out to the board and they basically laughed at us. Like, who are you guys? Like, what are you, you know, they didn't say that, but they yeah, said right. it in their corporate yeah. way, however they're going to basically get out of here. You know, that's not going to happen. So again, a few years later comes and all of a sudden a marketing team hits my email and it's like, we're wondering if you'd be interested in you know, doing a class. We were thinking, oh my gosh, what the heck? Well, apparently, you know, they hired a new marketing team. They see this wave of social media. Everyone's talking about social media. You know, the naysayers are saying, oh, it's just a fad. It's going to go away. But then of course it didn't. And then this basically changed everything. And then in the next few years, I mean, hair shows were packed again. So you ask, how do I get this following? It all, I believe, began 
through collaboration. Because I start, you know, with the small following I had at the time, all of us had small at the time, but we would all group up with each other. And the more people we met, the more we networked, it started getting bigger and bigger. And then it was, well, hey, you barber or you color or wait, that guy cuts or whatever. This guy does women's hair. This guy. So we started making videos together. And one day, Instagram allowed a one minute video. Like before it used to be, I don't know, right. or I don't know, 15 seconds maybe. And right. then they said a minute. So I decided, okay, let me make a video. And then it just, it just started getting wow. view after view. And I was like, what? And my following started going up. So I said, wait, 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 hold on now. That wasn't even a good video. Like, I mean, we just quickly did it. We weren't even thinking about it. So I said, well, if we did it once, maybe we could do it again. So we just started making more and more videos and then collaborating with more people. And that's when the barber, like I said, the barbers, the colors, rainbow colors, natural colors, balayage, you name it. The haircuts, classic haircuts, whatever. Right. Mixing the both. Doing a rainbow yep. on a classic haircut and then doing exactly. a classic balayage, but on a crazy mullet or a shag or something or a lob, you know? So anyhow, that was just it. And then it just started growing and then it just kept growing. And the next thing you know, Facebook people would say, hey, would you allow us to repost your video and then uh, we'll credit you. And then boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how it all, it just started happening. Then all the publications wanted to reach out and interview. Yeah. Or Philip, I hate to tell you this, but you know, you're a hair celebrity and you deserve every single bit of it. You know, you've earned it. You know how to share it. You are good. You got a good soul, got a great heart. You got a great lady. Ricardo, talk to your gal, Danny. And oh, I do. I do. Fantastic. Yeah. You know where there's a good man. <laughs> Where there's a good lady, there's a good man. And where there's a good man, there's a good lady. And all three of us have got good ladies. But I think that Ricardo and I could actually sit down and we could talk here till yeah. 10 o'clock at night. That's how this pod's been going. It's just classic. I knew it was going to be it. What do you think's in the future for Philip Wolf? Give me the future. Oh, wait. Before the future. Oh, salon. salon game. Right. Salon. Okay, yeah. salon game. Like in the last five years, okay, what is your salon? Five. Very good. So let's just start from, I had a, you know, I was working for Privé then. I partnered up with a friend of mine. We opened up a small salon in Beverly Hills on Doheny. And it was a green salon. It was with my friend, Susan. She's amazing, you know, and she was all into the natural things and all that. It was like the first green salon in Beverly Hills. It was, it was amazing. So that happened. And then eventually we split ways. And then I decided to invest more in the social media world and start traveling more. Therefore, I couldn't really be at the salon as much. So, uh -huh. so I said, well, maybe I need to do this whole new thing of a suite. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I started doing that. And I hopped around a few different ones, ultimately landing back in Beverly Hills where basically I live here. And then this is where most of my clients are anyway. So it's easy. So I have one at the Salon Republic in Beverly Hills right here. And I've been there for the past several years now. And it, it's been great for me because during traveling, I can just, you know, Danny will sometimes be in there or maybe a guest can, can use it. But other than that, I use it when I need to. I don't yep. have to worry about a staff. I don't have to worry about anything. Yep. You know, it's very simple for me. So that's what I do as far as the salon goes right now. And it really works for me. I can just film simple things through there. And other than that, I, I do things out of my office right here, what you're saying right here. Yeah, well, you know, Ricardo and I are sort of in the same predicament right now. I mean, we're doing hair when we need to do hair. We're doing our social media. We're doing our pods and everything like that. And, you know, for 16 years when we worked for Matrix, we did not work one day in the salon. There was not even a minute. We had salons. Well, we had salons, but yeah, we never <laughs> worked in them. We never right. could work on them. We never worked exactly. in them. We'd piss all our clients off because we would never be here. So we'd have yeah. to. Oh, future. Yeah. yeah, it future. Was actually turned into a negative. Philip, future. I know some cool stuff is happening 
with yeah, you. Yeah, so, so you know what? Here's the thing. I'm in a period right now where I'm slowly going to be launching this thing, okay? And mm-hmm. uh, it's coming very, very soon. Now, my dream has always been, well, education field, right? I've always wanted an academy and things like this. Well, obviously, we live in a different world now. We live in a world of we've got COVID and lockdowns and all this sort of thing. And, and of course, we're slowly coming out of it, which is a good thing. But I know now that we can do things online. So what I can say right now, without giving too much away, is I'm creating sort of a a community where people can go. It's kind of like a Facebook group. It's just not on Facebook. It'll be through my my website, philipwolfhair.com. And there's also an area for those who really want more custom tailored education. And that's what I want to do. You know, it's not me filming a couple haircuts and throwing it up there and pay me $99 or whatever. No, it's not like that. This is going to be way more involved. There's going to be way more of me in there and I'll be making the education that they asked for. It's that simple. It Mm -hmm. would be like how I would do a custom tailored class for a salon that I would fly out to. I'm not going to teach them, you know, designs on the head if they're living in a certain demographic. No, they want to other things. So that's how I'm going to do it. There's so much more to it, but let's just say that's coming very soon. And me being able to offer education globally, online, that's it. I think it's going to happen. I know it's going to be amazing. It's going to go over huge. I got another question, and that's awesome to hear what you have going on. We've sort of got something in our brains like that as well. Now, the alternative show, do you know what it is? I don't know if I'm familiar with that. I mean, I've heard of... Okay, you need... you need to be in the alternative show. So let me explain it to you. Do you know who Tony Rizzo is from the Rizzo Brothers and San Riz? He's one of the most amazing hairdressers. For 38 years, he's had this show. It's called The Alternative Show. Alternative Hair Show. Alternative Hair Show. It is the most prestigious hair show in the world. You have to be invited to do it. We're doing it this year. It's going to all be digital. It's going to be a five-minute film with models. They give you all this criteria that you work in, and you make literally like a five minute, almost like music video with all of yours, any way you want. You see what I'm saying? You decide it. And then it goes out last year because of COVID, they did it all digital. Anthony Moscola is the president of it, ah. of, of the show. And he, he helps guide it, so to speak. And they used to do it physically on stage. And it's now happening this year. Also, they're going to do it in this film format. And Last year, it went out to 800,000 hairdressers. And this year, they're planning on 2 million hairdressers to watch it. Wow. Would mm-hmm. you be interested in doing it? I can't invite you because it's not my show. But, oh, my God, I want to recommend we, you. We just had Tony Rizzo two weeks ago on our podcast. If you want to go back oh. a couple of weeks and listen to it on, on our podcast, he talks all about it. I think you are prime for this thing. You, you're made for it because it, all the work is so avant-garde and creative and incredible. I know you're busy, but you do it at your own time. And then, and it's in October. And if you want, I would love to recommend Recommend. you. I know that Anthony and his crew or someone from school, they have that Infringe magazine. Yes, yes. He's got that too. That's one thing he's on. Like creative things. I love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's right up your alley. So I will talk to Tony Rizzo and just tell him that you're so amazing. I'm sure he knows of you and I'm sure he would love to have you. So I'm going to try to broker that deal. Like you said, it's all about us collaborating and helping one another, right? And so I just love your work and I think you're amazing. I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. I would love to collaborate with you on, on something sometime coming love up. In that the too. You know, I have to say, I would definitely love that. It's been an honor for me to be on this show with you too. I mean, listen, I've heard so much about you all. 
coming into the matrix world and everyone talks about the past and especially nowadays, you know, because of the new shift and the new branding of matrix and going back to the roots. And, you know, you two were a big part of that. You were the thing. Well, thank you. You're (laughs) going to take up where we left off and you're doing incredible. Philip, thank you for your time, for your energy, for your heart, your soul, everything you put into this profession, all the hairdressers listening, ladies and gentlemen, this is Philip Wolf. He's the real deal. And I'd like to thank you for your time and God bless you. And I love you and say hi to Danny for. Yeah. And I want to say thank you so much. I'm super proud of you, Philip. I know how hard it is what we all do. And I know how hard you've worked to get to where you've gotten. And I'm like truly proud of you. It's like I've known you my whole life right now. That's how I feel. I just want to say thank you so much. And thanks to Danny for helping us out. And let's get together and do something. Okay. Oh, let's definitely do it. Thank you two so much. Let, let me just show this one little 30 second thing too, because I have this thing I'm working on too for YouTube and it's going to be uh, where I'm going to be doing the same thing. It's not really pocket, but it's just me just having discussions with some fellow artists. So you're perfectly articulate. And that's what really makes it someone like you even that much brighter and that much more of a star yeah this podcast is sick okay this is the real deal let's get everybody to hear this podcast guys philip god bless you i love you yeah thanks philip i appreciate it definitely we'll talk again soon thank you so much bye-bye thank you for tuning into the art of hair podcast with the altieri brothers we hope you enjoyed today's episode for full show notes full transcripts and resources to help you become the best, visit us at altierytheartofhair.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at altierytheartofhair.com.